We are the tribe from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. For the Vandals of Idaho. Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and the Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, and I'm joined today by producer Dallas Hammer to discuss the barn burner of a season-ending loss Idaho had against NAU 19-9. Before we get, get into that, Dallas... Give everyone a quick update. Hobbies, hockey's obviously going terribly, but is it is it just regular terrible, or is there anything extra we should know about? No, it's just regular terrible. Three straight seasons, the Ducks have been one of the three to five worst teams in hockey. They're the second worst team in hockey this year. So realistically, outside of football, if I root for a team, expect them to suck. So that's really just that's how things are going right now. I don't understand this utopia of your team only being the third worst. But anyway, <laughs> we're gonna go we're gonna go into a deep dive you guys for the instant reaction to final game of the season. Loss at Northern Arizona. We've got some some intrigue. I mean there's some offensive stuff that's a little bit atypical we'll go over. And of course we know because we're already in, we're already interacting with people. There is some uh there's some frustrations some fans have right now. But before we go into that guys Ain't nothing like cracking a Montucky cold snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky country. The best part is, when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky cold snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho, supporting organizations like CW Hogs and Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! It's freaking awesome. Montucky cold snacks, the light American lager for pow-pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get... Yes, some snacks. It's around the bar time, everyone. Brought to, brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. We've got one topic. And if you're watching live, listeners will have no idea this is going on. But if you're watching live, we are getting an avalanche of comments right now, which is what I meant when I said there's some frustration in Vandal Nation. We're, our our view, view count right now is pretty high relative to an instant reaction live show. Fans are pissed, and they're not wrong to be. But Dallas, what are they pissed about? Idaho closed the season today at Northern Arizona. Famously, 2019, we closed the year out in a game that was kind of meaningless, winning 60-53 to 53 in what was one of the wildest games to watch where at least, you know, if you weren't happy with Vandal season, you could say, okay, well, we ended a train wreck year with a reverse train wreck win. This is different. Idaho scores nine points against the worst defense we've played the entire season. That nine points Dallas includes – getting shut out in the second half against Northern Arizona. We saw quarterback was a mix uh, as we kind of speculated a little bit on the show. Uh, Mike Beaudry definitely played the majority of the snaps. Zach Borish had a decent amount too. Borish was in there for one pass and 15 rushes. Beaudry had 32 attempts and 10 rushes. So Beaudry, this is definitely a Beaudry game. We're talking about picking later. Beaudry goes 19 to 32 for 212 yards, no touchdowns. Kid Coffee gets three field goals. But in the end, like you said, Northern Arizona, somehow they scored nine points in the second half and we just couldn't keep up. Dallas, there's a ton of places to go, but what is the story of the season ending loss in Flagstaff? Uh, general offensive incompetence or ineptitude. Uh, 
Paul Petrino could not commit to one guy. Uh, obviously, it, towards the end of the game, and obviously, Beaudry had 32 pass attempts. Like it, He was the primary quarterback. But uh, when they scored their nine outstanding points, it was a weird alternating mix between Beaudry goes in to throw a pass, Borge comes in to run. Beaudry comes in to pass, Borge goes in to run. And every once in a while, they'd both be on the field, and that seemed to really confuse NAU. But for the most part, and I, I apologize for anybody listening live, this is probably going to get pretty explicit. Uh, Petrino couldn't shit or get off the pot. It just He just sat there not knowing what to do uh, 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 and then committed to Beaudry for three or four drives towards the end, brought Borish in, then went back to Beaudry, and here we have nine phenomenal points to show for it uh, from an offensive genius that uh, famously told everybody it would take a couple years to get his offense installed. Uh, we're at the point of just throwing shit at the wall, trying to see what's going to work um, with really no rhyme or reason or what seemed like competent planning behind it. That's To me, that's the takeaway is Paul Petrino had no idea what to do to take on this vaunted NAU defense. Yeah, I mean, what are you supposed to do against the total defense that is... I mean, other than us, the set the worst in the league. Idaho heading into this game had the worst total defense. Now, we listeners know we had we're best rushing. De- we were the best rushing defense in the league. It's secondary that we get just destroyed on. But Northern Arizona not strong defensively. Idaho also had a great defensive defensive effort. I mean, phase one, and they you scored nineteen points. Nineteen points per game. If that's what your team gives up on average, would be the second best defense in the league. It'd be an elite defense being compared with Weber State. But it it will get worse, guys. And maybe that's why it's great for me and Dallas to be on here for the it gets worse discussion. Total offense out of um out of northern Arizona, 320 total yards. That's another number that if your defense gives up 320 yards in a game on average, you're the best defense in the league. That's 40 yards better than what Weber State gives up on average, Dallas, and we lost by 10. That's And that's the thing. That's what's so maddening about this. If you look at the total defensive stats coming into today, Northern Arizona was allowing 458 yards a game. They played Southern Utah twice. Southern Utah is not a good football team. Like Offensively, they can get it done. Justin Miller is a, is a much better quarterback than anybody Idaho really saw. Uh, again, we think C.J. Jordan is going to, have a, this phenomenal career as long as he stays at Idaho, but I would have taken Justin Miller this season over any quarterback that played for Idaho. So keep that in mind. But again, 458 yards a game is their average and Idaho put up these just unbelievable numbers. Uh, Ross, I'm assuming Cunningham, uh, Ross Cunn underscore 87 mentioned in the, the comments, how did two quarterbacks have more rushing yards than your running backs? That's incredible. That's, that's what makes no sense to me. I know that, the offensive line has been injured. They were missing guys, but no team gets through a season completely healthy. You you can't sit here and argue that, well, we were missing a couple starters, so things fell apart. That's not how shit works. That's not how life works. That's not how football works. Teams do not stay healthy the full season. That's why you have a roster of 50 to 100 guys that you are either rostering or playing because guys don't stay healthy. So it's just, it's maddening to hear that because I, I know that excuse is going to come. It's come almost every time I've heard Idaho lose that. You now we were just missing some guys. Everybody's missing guys at this point. This is just, this is just inadequacy. I, I mean, 
I don't I don't understand how how to say it any differently. Like like Jason Mayer mentioned, defense played good enough to win. They held them to 19 points. Like NAU's not a not a great team, but they scored 19 points. You should win every single game that you you hold a team to 19 points. But instead, Paul Petrino can't even put up 10. And that's that's what's maddening to me. This was a lot of the same players that Mason Petrino put up 60 against last year. You come in a year and a half later and you put up nine. I just don't understand looking at this team, how, how this happens. There's, there's too much talent here for that to be happening. Yeah. There, there's a couple of things to touch on. One is as far to answer Ross's question is um, I can explain that. Why the two, two quarterbacks had more rushing yards quite easily. We, when we've seen Borish play now, it's a separate discussion. If the plus one running attack with Borish under center, is a long-term strategy because you can look good, but you really have to sustain long drives or it doesn't matter. You're not going to score. By the way, we scored nine points with a traditional approach anyway, but uh, Borish, when he rushes, it looked like it's similar to what Montana state did last couple years. I don't think we have the line to do that long-term, but we have an extra blocker that, and he's a shifty runner. That's how he, that's how he looked good running the football. Beaudry is not a bad runner at all on broken plays. And sometimes he, his best plays seem to be scrambles out of broken plays, which is surprising because he's not the most shifty runner, but he's not, he's not slow and he is strong, but the man, the offensive issues. I, Oh man. I mean, it's hard to stay narrow to this game. We're going to, but Idaho, Week in and week out, Dallas, you and I were always talking about, look, Idaho is strong defensively, but our offensive guru is putting up just – is just capitalizing on talent worst in the league. Hayden Hatton had another fantastic game. Hatton, seven receptions, 135 yards. Cottrell had you know kind of a solid game where it's close to his average of – he had 53, 53 receiving yards, eight receptions. And Beaudry – in the first quarter, Beaudry was 8 of 9 for 101 yards. Borish had, I think, like 8 rushes for 55 yards. We had two real long drives down the field that ended in field goals, and that's just our problem is we haven't been able to have sustained drives for most of the season. After the first quarter, we had almost no sustained drives. But even when, when it was working, it ended in a field goal, and that's just not good enough when you know the three and outs are coming or when you know, yeah, like throwing Borish in for these rushes – if you're not committed to going all the way to fourth down, like he did against Eastern, this offense isn't going to work with him there. So he's going to look good in moments. And that doesn't, and again, I already referenced, I don't know if that's the long-term answer, but if you're going to use it, you got to complete, you got to commit hundred percent to it. But no matter what, we scored nine points against NAU guys. And they used the worst defense we saw all year. And we had nine. There's not a whole lot of, I mean, there's other parts we're going to talk about for sure. But if you want to understand the story of this game, you're not going to beat anyone past 1942 if you're scoring nine points. And Paul Trino, look, this is just what we've had. Our off heading into this game, Idaho is averaging 26 points per game. We're probably down to about 23 now, which is right around in between where we were last year with pre-NAU. We talked about this. Uh, when Mason started pre-NAU against FCS teams, we averaged 20 points a game. So we're right around there, which is to say we thought things would be different with Mason gone. But no, the um, the constant in all these awful offensive seasons, Dallas, it's not Mason. It's not that Petrino that, that keeps being there. It's the, uh, This is just how Paul's teams are. Subtract the bull game, subtract the worst teams that we've had. It's been chaos, and it's been underperformance year in, year out, Dallas. 
Exactly. Um, Nick Marv Stutz on Twitter asked us uh, with a recent Ask Tubs, what what happened? You know, we were all optimistic four two five and one, and here we are at the end of the season, and Idaho just went two and four. What happened? Uh, we're obviously not going to get into that too much today because we're going to do the season recap. That's going to be really cathartic, I'm sure, for most of us. Uh, that'll be next week. But you met, you mentioned it there. Look, we all thought, okay, you know what? The whole nepotism, playing your kid thing, that's over. We're gonna we're gonna have a quarterback that looks like he should be playing quarterback at the FCS level we're going to see the offense start clicking again. And here we are scoring nine points against the worst defense that you're going to see. I just don't understand. I don't understand the, the mentality of, of Petrino here uh, going back and forth between Beaudry and the, the standard offense and then committing to, to Borish and the option on first and second, and then maybe third down and just like, Nope, Nope, Nope. We're done. Like, you have to, if you're going to do that, you have to run every single play. Fourth down is is just an extra down. It's not the punt down. It's just an extra down, and you have to keep moving the ball. And it's just, it's frustrating for me to watch this because I think of how pissed must all those kids on the defense be? Obviously, the I mean, the secondary is a weak spot, but the the front seven. I mean, this team still limited NAU to 19 points, and then you you go out here and you watch the offense do this. And I, I don't understand how how a team can even hold together through that as you sit here and just you put up good effort after good effort for the most part. I mean, Eastern put up a ton of points with what twenty four minutes of possession. Like there's there's rough spots in there, but a game like this is absolutely a game you should win if you have a competent coaching staff and a decent enough team. Nineteen points is not that hard to hit for a competent team, and here we are talking about how Idaho's offensive guru that's been here for eight years put up nine points against the worst defense we're going to see this season. Yeah, we should have covered this earlier in Dallas too, which is one of the stories that maybe people, a casual fan who didn't watch the game, or maybe you could even understand this coming out of, I don't know, certain staff, might say, look, end of the season, you know, you, you want to play, play, play second stringers, play some guys who haven't seen the field as much. And look, Trey Walker didn't play. Christian Ellis didn't play. So look, we were even down two of our best players. What what kind of win were you expecting? We were down defensive starters. And defense was not our problem. We gave up 19 points. You got to win every game scoring 19, 19 points. We didn't rest any offensive starters. Roshan was out there. Romano was out there. They were getting comparable touches to like what we saw against Eastern Washington. When in this game, Borish got the majority of the carries. Borish was out there, which we used the week before, and Borish wasn't just out there for a couple plays. He had 15 rushes. Beaudry played probably three quarters of the game at quarterback. We certainly didn't shift into something that is not generalizable into next year. Idaho was trying to win this game. Idaho was absolutely as close to all in on winning this game as you're going to get. It was a little bit weird early on, Dallas, where it feels like both teams kind of lacked energy. For, through mm-hmm. maybe the first six minutes of the game felt like kind of a weird game through the first six minutes. Then just felt like an awful game after that. Um, Cade coffee also, Hey, he um, had three made field goals. So congrats to Cade. This is, this is his, la- his last game. He got some action. in, so congrats for Cade. but Idaho look, there, there's no story about Idaho throwing this one away. Idaho wanted to win. Idaho wanted to finish at 500. We're closing the year out at two and four. It's hard to overstate in the scope of this game. And we are trying to stay there at this game. 
week one guys, the high we had at Eastern Washington, and then just seeing the chaos from, from then on culminating in us getting shut out in the second half against the worst defense we've played against the entire season, Dallas. What is we we're going to, we've talked about some of the nuts and bolts, man. And we're, we'll probably talk a little bit more too about, you know, stat lines, whatever, how Keandre Woodsy um, burned us deep, uh, burned our secondary deep, which every quarterback mm-hmm. does. Uh, side note, Keandre Woodsy is not a particularly accurate passer. He, uh, if your your view is that the kind of passers who beat Idaho are guys who can pick us apart, landing passes just over on linebackers, that is not Keandre Woodsy. He has one pass. It's the home run. He hit enough home runs against us to um, give NAU the edge. But um, I guess where are you at emotionally after this, Dallas? Where we we've been following the team a ton. We you and me were the lowest on Idaho in our preseason episode that we'll go into deeper. But I only bring that up as context because this is closer to an outcome you or I would have been more likely to predict week one. No one predicted week. No one predicted week one. I think a loss to NAU. But if if through this week someone was going to be down on what happens to Idaho, it would have been you or me. Where are you at right now? Oh, this is such a loaded question. Uh, most of this should be saved for the next uh, the next show. But uh, and Jason was right. Uh, I was not going to be able to hold this uh, and not rant about Paul Petrino. I am fucking livid at this team. We are in season eight with Paul Petrino. The dude is 30 and 59. I understand people say throw out the, the first two years because Aki left him nothing. Aki left him nothing because of the issues of what's happening with the whack. Oh, we're independent. Oh, we're going to go to the Sun Belt. Are we not going to go to the Sun Belt? Oh, we did end up going to the Sun Belt. Oh, now we're like just the, the mess of what the hell's going to happen that crippled Idaho football for f- three, four years. So, whatever. We throw those, those out. Petrino still has a losing record. He's what three and forty six, I think, when he's trailing at halftime. So, if you go on all vandals, which most of the time is just a a, a nightmare, uh, everyone's making jokes about oh the you know the, the halftime adjustments. We're we're going to see things turn around here, and sure enough, sarcasm over. Idaho didn't score in the second half and looked like a completely different team, which went from mediocre to bad to holy fucking shit i cannot believe this is a football team that we're trotting out after dropping down from the fbs this is what we have third season in the big sky and we are in the bottom three or four teams this season we are comfortably in the bottom half i'm just pissed i don't understand i don't understand how we can keep trotting out this moron and and see this every fucking week this team is terrible I love this team and school more than more than my wife. I've admitted that many places. She would admit it to you. Uh, I don't. It just it's it's so frustrating to see this. And and every season is different. We have a little bit of hope. Maybe things are going to turn around like this season. Maybe we're going to have a quarterback that's going to fix it. Nope. At the end of the day, there's one person that's been here for eight goddamn seasons and hasn't done a thing with it other than one bowl game that realistically wasn't against a whole bunch of good teams. And we're just, we're wasting away talent. I I, want to mention quickly, I know I'm going off on a crazy rant here. Uh, Taylor Cash's analogy, it's like having a Lamborghini, but only driving nine miles an hour all the time. That's exactly what's going to happen with CJ Jordan. That kid is going to look just like every other quarterback we've had. It's going to be 
anemic, like T Cash said. And then the second Petrino's gone, things are going to look a whole lot rosier because we're going to have optimism that's not actually misguided for once. So where I'm at is defeated, Brian. If I had to use one word, defeated. You know, one of the things that's worth going over, Dallas, is when you talk about the frustration there. One, we we know absolutely that other fans are there based off the, the activity we're getting on, even on this episode. Jason Miller just... Uh, Sorry, Jason Mayer just messaged in wasted talent in the plane to encapsulate the season was when PP wasted a timeout to yell at an official. Uh, couldn't disagree with Jason whatsoever. Uh, the the frustration you're talking about, Dallas, is Idaho year in and year out. Like we are building talent. We had the best rushing defense mm-hmm. in the Big Sky this season, and it bought us two wins. We we had the big question coming in this season. It's like, hey, Jeff Cotton was our top receiver. What the heck are we going to do? Hayden Hatton transitions from tight end to wide receiver, and he's great. He's towards the top. He's one of the top three receivers in the Big Sky in terms of catches, turn, terms of yards per game. Yep. We have a freshman quarterback we're really excited about, but Beaudry had moments. It wasn't uh, sustained enough for Beaudry whatsoever um, for us to say like, "Hey, we have one of the better new quarterbacks." But he certainly had moments where he looked great, like first quarter of this game, going eight for nine for 100 yards. Like we already talked about, that bought us six points. Um, the, the first thing you're talking about, Dallas, Idaho is not the least talented team in the league. Not close to the least talented team in the league. We, I have no problem saying we're the worst at capitalizing on our talent and turning the talent we have into, into wins or turning it into more competitive games. We've talked, everyone who talks Idaho football will talk about, you know, staying close versus Eastern last week. Well, of course, you're going to lose to NAU. Or last year, like we talked about, we hang in with Weber State top four team, then we get shut out at Portland State. By the way, we know fans are frustrated because I just had a notification that a fan uh, is Googling hashtag Fire Petrino because a tweet of mine from 2019 just got a like. It had like two views prior to that. So if other people, if that's happening, it's because that is the attitude around people paying attention to Idaho sports right now. Is there similar Dallas? They're just done. Um, But I'm going to circle back to two things. The the first is I'm with you on the the frustration. I tend to just I tend to laugh it off, um, but it's more of the reason I'm laughing is because my expectations now for Petrino are so damn low. I don't know how they get lower. But another thing we can point to about frustration without Christian Ellis and without Trey Walker, we still look just fine defensively. Fave Fave looked great. Tomasini looked great. We still stopped NAU from having really much luck with sustained drives. They had the home run shots, but for the most part, we held even after all those home, the handful of long passes, whether it was a deep ball or an intermediate pass with yards after the catch, Northern Arizona turned that into a touchdown one time. That's that's evidence of a strong defensive unit. Even when we're bending, we still stop them from advancing. And it just doesn't matter for us, Dallas. We're still having the same discussion of, hey, it was a kind of close game, right? But that's look, this is just, but this is the Petrino factor for our team. We have talent. He just is, this is just game in game out. He can't capitalize with any sort of regularity. And that's the thing. That's what's, what's so frustrating. You brought up Tomasini. Look at the two leading tacklers from our, our team this week, Tomasini and Hatton who played in place of Idaho's two best players. I'm going to pause really quick. That's Hogan Hatton, just in case listeners are unaware. Yes. Sorry. Uh, that's 
it's mind numbing to me. The, the, like there is no argument here that Idaho does not have talent. The two best players on this team that are legitimate all FCS talents that could end up getting drafted. I don't I don't know if that's really going to happen, but there's always a shot in the seventh round for a team to just fall in love with the guy and take him. Worst case scenario, they're going to get at least a, a couple calls from NFL teams. They might not take contracts and they might just, you know, come back and try one more season and see what happens next year. But the two best players on this defense were out. Two guys stepped in, led the team in tackles. Hogan Hatton had a sack. They both had some tackles for loss. They played very well and held this team to 19 points without the two best players on the defense. That's what's so maddening to me. And I know I'm just rambling and ranting here. There is so much talent that Idaho has accumulated. And for whatever reason, it just doesn't click on the field. And that, to me, that comes down to your head coach. Uh, it's just, it is what it is. And that's why we're sitting here talking about a 19 to nine loss against a, a bad team. NAU is not a good team. This is the only, they beat Southern Utah twice and then Idaho. They're, they finished three and two by beating SAU twice. Or SUU twice, excuse me. The, it's it's not like Idaho just lost 19 to nine to Weber State. Yeah, okay, Weber holds everybody to 12 points. Nope. That's not the case here. This was a bad football team that bullied Idaho for realistically two and a half quarters. You bullied us on the offensive end, of, of course, yeah. is what you mean. Their defense, they're not very good defense. Bullied us on the offensive end. Um, I guess another a topic I want to go through Dallas and listeners. You're hearing us stumble because we're uh, we're going to do an end of the season show, and because this game feels like an ultimate Idaho game, it's just too easy to turn this into our synecdoche of what this Idaho program is. We got to talk about Zach Borish, Dallas. And the reason I think we need to talk about him is we, good news is Borish did get some, he got, he got some run today and the, the results were, they were different. He started the game off as bad as you can fumble on the first play recovered by Northern Arizona, but the, didn't end up ultimately hurting us that much. We were winning at the end of the first quarter against Eastern Washington. I'm just bringing up these averages really quick as a reference point. Borish averaged 6.2 yards per carry had a long of 42 against Northern Arizona. He had, he averaged 5.2 yards per carry had 15 rushes for 80 yards. His long was 15. So he didn't quite, he didn't break a big one against NAU. Like he did break one. Um, against Eastern. He also got a little bit less than half the touches. His productivity was not that different, 6.2 to 5.2. What was your feeling about the use of Borish, uh, both both in terms of just the flow of the game and what you how what you saw tells us about what fans should view as their expectation for Borish going forward? I mean, I have not seen any reason that Zach Boris should not be getting significant snaps on this team. Uh, he's Yes, he did not break any massive runs. His longest was 15 today. But he looks like he's one of the most athletic, if not the most athletic kid on the field. I don't understand how this offensive genius can't find a way for him to get the ball consistently in, in the standard offense. But it seemed like any time Beaudry was there, it was like, ah, Boris is going to go back and stand on the sidelines. Line him up at running back. He... He's fast. He falls forward. That's realistically what you need in a running back when you have, again, 
70 run 70 yards between oh no excuse me that's Beaudry and Johnson <laughs> that's 50 yards between your running backs but I don't understand how how Petrino doesn't see this kid should get some playing time uh, yeah maybe his arm isn't great we don't know because we didn't get to see it I was hoping to see him actually get some chances to throw the ball in a dome we can chalk up maybe how bad the Eastern arm looked to the, the wind and throwing into the wind and it's you know, genie blows. So of course it's, it's going to be hard, but in a dome, he got to throw one pass. Like things are not working. You've scored nine points. Maybe let him try to run the regular offense. Beaudry looked a lot better today with his accuracy issues. I only saw like five balls go flying over Cottrell Haywood's head instead of 10, but I just don't understand what, and maybe that's why I'm not a coach. You know, I certainly probably couldn't go 30 and 59. I, I would get fired well before that. Uh, so maybe I'm totally wrong. But what I see is a, a kid that's quick enough that he should be on the field at, in some sort of way. And instead, it's he goes in and runs the option. And if they move away from the option, he's just back on the bench. I don't get it. I'm going to say before we I go through Beaudry, Sorry, before we go through Borish, quick reference on Beaudry. He he did look great in the first quarter. Eight of nine, 101 yards. After that first quarter, Beaudry was 11 of 23 for 111 yards. That was a little bit closer to what I I think fans would say is average. That, mm-hmm. Now, again, I, I don't mean to slam the guy or anything because we certainly see moments where Beaudry looks like he could be a very good quarterback. He just doesn't sustain them throughout four quarters. So – that that bracket, that's how I've understood Beaudry this year. This game didn't change that for me whatsoever, except we saw a really tantalizing kind of first quarter, but then we reverted. Borish, with you. I wish we would have seen more pass attempts today. Not a ton, because I think if you, he's your quarterback, I just don't think you're going to be throwing 35 times a game if Zach Borish is going to be your quarterback. I think if he's in there, it's the Troy Anderson thing at Montana State. You throw to keep teams honest once in a while, or you throw off of misdirection. So the, there's just a read for the quarterback to make, not multiples to cycle through. But we we have no idea about arm strength. Eric Berrier was 18 to 38 in the wind at Eastern Washington. He's the best quarterback in the league, no question. So a guy like Borish not doing very well in the wind at Eastern, not shocking whatsoever. I view that as we just don't have enough evidence to know what the arm actually is. Then we got a pass today. So if I guess my end is I feel like Paul Petrino did the, the thing I knew he was going to do, which is he seems to really enjoy considering himself creative. And he, of course, using that, you know, creative mind brought up like the worst version of this that we could do where Boris looks good, but he doesn't get enough rushes for us to definitively say, yeah, we should stop this or yeah, we should keep doing this. And he gave us nowhere near enough pass attempts to have any understanding of whether what kind of arm he has or whether truly like his vision as a quarterback is to be a good high school quarterback, but it's just not good enough to play good college football. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. We didn't get a chance to see him play when the elements aren't a reasonable variable variable to write off. So my, my big takeaway now on seeing Borish is, I've said it on the show, I've said it to people privately. He needs to be our Jerry Louis McGee. Uh, if we're, it looks like we're not going to be moving to plus one rushing with Borish as our under center. So if that's where you're at, he needs to be a Jerry Louis McGee where he catches a lot of short passes. You try to get him in space to make people miss. That takes advantage of his strengths. Um, our, from 
for Idaho on the ground, traditional rushes, we just haven't, weren't that great. So I don't know why we'd view it differently if the handoff was to um, Borish instead of Roshan Johnson or Nick Romano when the issue was just having nowhere to go was what was you know, what killed our running rushing attack for most of the season. But I, I can tell you, though, to close this, I I think every fan should be frustrated that we have this this talent who hadn't seen the field, and then we have a way to maybe use him, but then we didn't see enough out of him today to have any sort of opinion. But what I'm going to say, fans of Borish, and I've on the show, I've not advocated for us to switch offenses. Well, I advocate for us not to do what Trino does, but I've not advocated for us to just become a run-heavy team only. But there's going to be a ton of fans who say, look, we scored 31 against the be- the second best team in the league with Borish running. And then when we went back to our regular stuff, we scored nine against the worst defense we played all season. Maybe the issue is if with Petrino running the show, look, tepid offense is just what he does. And the rush attack is the way he gets explosive. I don't know. I know as a fan, I just didn't get enough info to close the book on something or to say we should. this is what we should do, Dallas. No, and that's what's so frustrating about it. It was Petrino obviously was trying to win this game. This was not a, you know, we're going to prepare for the future and we're going to get a bunch of guys playing time. This was not that. This was, I want to go 500 so I don't look like a, a complete tool in front of everybody. And instead of, well, this quarterback's really good at running and he's he scored 31 points last week. Uh, he The team scored 31 points last week. Let's see what he can do. It was that weird just non-committing to it, which explains why maybe he was buried at safety and running back and and not seeing the field at all. It To me, the big thing that I think of when I see Borges' stats and, and the dream of getting him to throw the ball maybe five more times and see what's there, what other players are out in this team that are, are buried that deserve shots that are not getting them as we sit here and go through the motions and score nine points against NAU because we saw it with Hogan Hatton and with uh, Tomasini. I want to say Derek, but I don't think that's right. I'm so sorry uh, if the Tomasini family is listening. I know there's two of them and I always get the names mixed up. Great games. like Obviously, they're not going to play over Trey Walker and Christian Ellis most of the time, but what other positions are there? Their hidden talent just sitting here not getting a shot as we sit here and go two and four in a spring season that everybody thought this team's got an outside shot at the playoffs. And instead they fall flat on their face. Realistically are seven seconds away from being one and five. If they don't score that miraculous touchdown at the end of SUU, but this, this is where this, this team is at. There's not a, there's not a quick fix to turn this team into a winner. If you're going two and four and losing to teams like NAU scoring nine points. And the most obvious point to bring up there, Dallas, is Hayden Hatton as a revelation this year as one of yep. the top wide receivers in the league. The reference point being last year, as in how how did he not get almost any passes thrown his direction? I mean, did he, I accept that players get better year to year. That happens, of course. That's that's part of commitment. That's part of players also getting more sh- better opportunity or being put in a different scenario. But you're not going to tell me he was not really, he wasn't even a wide receiver last year. He was a tight end. You're not going to tell me the skill didn't exist last season, but I I think the bigger issue for Idaho Dallas is, I mean, I don't disagree with that point. I think the bigger issue for us is what Nick Weber just threw in, uh, in the comments is, I mean, it's, it's not that we have, we probably have this army of elite players who aren't seeing the field. It's that we're not capitalizing with the strong talent we have. Cause I'm going to tell you watching NAU, 
watching Idaho, if I had to pick a roster, like let's say I have a new coach I hired. Let's say I, this is just a joke, Aaron Best. Let's say I get Aaron Best. He's going to coach a program. Which roster do I want? NAU, Idaho? I want Idaho. Let's say I'm Bo Baldwin at Cal Poly, and I could just trade rosters. I have a blank slate. Can I trade my roster for Idaho or trade my roster for NAU? I trade for Idaho. How about SUU and Idaho? I take Idaho. How about Idaho State and Idaho? I take Idaho again. But we're still just not capitalizing. And I don't know how many years we have to finish under 500 before the fan base. Well, I mean, we're actually seeing it out of the fan base anyway. The people who tune out, it's because they, they just accept. This is where we're at. I know that I think in my prediction of how this game would go, I, by the way, I did correctly pick that if Beaudry was the route we went, we'd lose. But And that, that wasn't about Beaudry. That was just about how Paul's offense works. But the fact that we have fans still paying attention when it's clear, um, Petrino's a between th- uh, 30%, 40% winning coach. That is, that's who he is. It's astounding. We still have people who are paying attention. And, you know, Scott Green talks about lost decade. By the way, every, all our listeners know it's not a lost decade. It's lost decades, plural, as in dating back to around 2000. We're, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I meant to say it doesn't work. But I, I just don't see how, how we're going to turn this around without, I mean, look, we have to hope next the fall something different happens. I think everyone's going to be a lot more jaded about Idaho football win. This year, I thought there was true enthusiasm in Dallas heading into week one and after beating Eastern opening week in the Dome. That's the thing. Uh, we, we look back at the, if you go back to the predictions we had from Eastern into UC Davis, I was the only person that expected UC Davis to win. Everybody was like, hey, this is it. Idaho's here. And I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Eastern dropped a ton of passes. Petrino has shown he's never consistent. This is a letdown, and sure enough, the letdown hit, and then unfortunately, it continued to hit and hit and hit and hit, and here we are, two and four. Um, and I know for there's probably a couple listeners that are sitting here uh, agreeing with absolutely everything we have said and are like, yeah, fire this guy. He's got to go. He should have gone four years ago. Uh, it's tough that you and I do a lot of these post-game reactions, and realistically, we come down to fire the coach. And that's where it, it sounds like you know there's the shitty hot take of oh fire the coach, but we've seen it in uh, not to talk basketball, but basketball has no talent, and that's a direct result of the coach can't find any recruits, so he needs to go. Football is the complete opposite. There's plenty of talent here, and it's just not getting linked together, and that's again why the coach has to go. There's so much here that. You you stabbed me right in the heart when you said Bo Baldwin. If Bo Baldwin had this team, this team would look like Eastern did five years ago with Bo Baldwin of, hey, there's guys that are getting drafted on day two of the NFL draft. This team can go pound for pound with anybody. Instead, we're sitting here, like Nick Weber had mentioned, this is one of the top probably four rosters in the entire Big Sky, and yet they go two and four. And Paul Petrino has one road game in three years that he's won. They got shut out by Portland state who is absolutely terrible. Like this happens over and over and over. And we have proven there is talent here. And it's just, it's maddening to see that there's no way, no way this is going to change until, until the big old reset buttons finally hit. Well, the place we hit this season, Dallas was, we followed completely to a T the fall, the pattern of get up for a game, no show. As in, got up for Eastern, 
UC Davis is better than teams thought, but like we scored 17 points against him. So get up for a big game against East. And also UC Davis lost to Eastern too. So Eastern unequivocally better than UC Davis. Get up for Eastern, lose to UC Davis. Win against a frisky Southern Utah team, narrowly, then score 22 points against Idaho State. We lose to Eastern, but have a pretty wild showing relative to the wind, relative to Borish having three days prep and all that seeing our second best offensive outing of the season. Then we close where there's a lot of fans who probably thought, look, if we did this against Eastern with our, with Borish at quarterback, what would we have done against Eastern with our regular offense? We would have scored like 12, like we did against NAU the next week where we have the regular offense actually plus a better rushing package that had been more effective than us running the ball against most teams this season still score 12. So we know that, we Dallas, you brought up the whole like fire the coach thing. I just listeners, just so you peek behind the curtain, I te- I try not to talk about that at all um, because I think every listener knows financially it's not going to happen. So where I land is what does this change about your understanding of Idaho as a program? Is if you thought over the first two seasons in the Big Sky, look, there was some sort of residual resentment within the roster about how they you, they committed to an FBS program, now it's down to an FCS team. And as you move more guys out of the program, that's going to lead, that's going to exit, and we're going to have consistency. By the way, the you know the quarterback situation, which we all we've we've talked about exhaustively on here. Every fan thought when we shifted to a guy like Mike Beaudry, things would change. What this game tells me is the last two years are just who Idaho is. Make that the last three years. So I'm going to say what this lets me understand Idaho is right now is we're just an inconsistent team. Meaning we're, and when I say inconsistent, I mean, we're chaotic. That's what the, that's what the Petrino influence is, is chaos, but not in a positive sense whatsoever. It's having good games. that will set you up for a letdown. We've got talent that doesn't capitalize. And we're saying it again and again and again, this is just where we're at with Idaho sports. Dallas, before we close the bar, you have any final takes? Yeah. I just want to, to, to point out, uh, Zach Borish had one drive in the second half. So I just want to be absolutely clear. This was this was Idaho defaulting back to the standard Petrino offense. I just wanted to point out as we've got Jack Schneider's comment up. So funny how we score less against NAU than we do against Eastern. That's because we went back to the standard Petrino offense of incomplete pass, run it up the middle on second down, incomplete pass, punt. And that's that's what we got to see. Uh, again, Borish had one one drive in the, the second half. So we we committed to that two quarterback system and it got us nine points. And then we went right back to the old offense and it went scoreless the second half. Yeah, and that's a, a point to bring up, Dallas, that I, I think is worth going over. That look, there's some disagreement, of course, amongst hosts, amongst fans about how should you interpret the Eastern Washington game? You and I are both similar. We feel that we did better against Eastern Washington because it let us control the ball for 13 minutes in a way that we do not usually win time of possession battle close to that. Now, all our games heading into Eastern, it was about a minute each way about how much either team led time of possession. We were pretty dang close to dead even. Then we have a plus 13 against Eastern. That's what kept us in the game. And you're right. Uh, second half, again, if anyone wants to go over the story, that, hey, this game meant nothing. We were just, you know, playing out the string. No, we weren't. We went back to what you would call our standard offense in the second half. That's when we were shut out. And that's what that's why it's just frustrating that the Borscht thing, I, I really think for the sake of the program, it'd be great for the Borscht discussion actually to die 
as in we got we would have had enough evidence in these two games to say, look, this is what we're getting out of Borish. We can at least look at points per game, compare over two outings of Eastern, a good team, and NAU, a not that great team, and tell and just split the difference of how we looked in those two games and say, hey, either Idaho rolls with this for around 30 points a game or not look nice against Eastern, but it's not going to repeat itself. We don't have a strong enough line, but we just didn't get enough of it. So we are left in like the least satisfying place we can possibly be of frustrated loss. By the way, we say NAU is not very good. They finished three and two. We finished two and four. So if NAU is not very good, what the hell is Idaho? So one other thing I want to quickly mention is I know we're at the 45 minute mark. Jason Meyer just put up or mayor Meyer. I'm sorry. I'm not sure. Uh, I know we follow each other on Twitter. Feel free to tweet me and tell me idiot wrong. Uh, what about right before half the kick on third down with 12 seconds to go? Uh, I thought there was a timeout. Apparently the broadcasters were wrong and the broadcast itself was wrong. So I'm not entirely sure because 12 seconds is a ton of time. If you get a first down, the clock stops. You can quickly clock it and boom. Or Petrino loves that that weird five-yard almost out pass to Cottrell Haywood that's always up over his head and he has to catch it with his fingertips. If Beaudry can put that in the right spot, step out of bounds, you're a little bit closer, you make the field goal. I like Nick Weber's answer. Boatman was calling plays. That's that. I'm all for that. Uh, again, shout out to Kate Coffee for the 51 yarder. It might have been 50 yards. It said at 51, and then might have been 50. Regardless, career high, way to go. And that's the only highlight we've got, really. Uh, the defense played great, and Kate Coffee kicked a big old field goal. We, so to, to answer the question about the field goal too, I don't think that was as egregious as it felt. <clears throat> Where I can tell you, watching the game in real time, it felt like Petrino being a quote unquote trickster, which is to say, coming up with like a really dumb quote unquote creative strategy that doesn't work. I mean, shocker, but our line is one of our, the weaker parts of our team. We didn't have a timeout. So if we didn't get a touchdown or an incomplete pass, a sack would have been completely on the table relative to, uh, you know, we, we did give up sacks. Beaudry had to scramble some, but again, if he's scrambling and doesn't get a touchdown, we lo- we're not getting another playoff because we didn't actually have a timeout. The announcers were just incorrect. We were at zero. So that was not egregious to me. I can tell you, though, it felt egregious, and I completely understand a listener messaging in about that if not if you're not aware about the timeout that we did not have. But it also just seems to be emblematic of what we're talking about, of the quote-unquote offensive guru who, when he does press conferences, just enjoys pretending he is the smartest person in the room at all times, and we get nine points. That's why it was so appropriate that uh, I don't know if uh, some listeners might not be aware of this, but heading into the Idaho State game, when I when Petrino did his for the the first of three weeks in a row, um, you know, quote unquote evil genius impersonation, saying, "Oh, maybe maybe Idaho State has prep for three quarterbacks." On the KTIK show the next day, Rob Fennessy made fun of him, saying, "Yeah, dude, you just pre- you're prepping for the same offense, whatever." That's just where we're at, man. I don't know. I don't know if there's a coach in the big sky I would not take over what we have right now because we're getting talent. We're just not using it. And we also start to get to this point that when anything negative happens, it feels like that rationale should be, hey, this is another script from the guy in charge and not, well, look, there's there's things to explain why we went the way we did. But I can tell you, Dallas, I'm going to – where I'm at right now and then let you – I will throw back to you for any last final takes – 
this is the most demoralizing loss to me of the season of this is truly, I, I don't think this, I don't think Northern Arizona is better than Idaho state. I think in Northern Arizona played a way easy schedule than Idaho state. And this is the game that if we were going to look all, you know, show that we'd taken some sort of step that maybe we would, and it was our worst outing of the season. So I know I'm pretty, da- I'm, this is pretty rough to handle. If I didn't have a show, I don't think I would even watch the entire game, but this is where Idaho football just is. We open the season up with promise. All of us probably, a lot of us probably did the same thing where we thought our talent's getting better. So our coach isn't going to win us any games, but he won't lose us any games. We were just wrong. I, for me, it was the Idaho State loss was the worst loss because that was when I still believed Paul Petrino could win a game on the road. And maybe Idaho has climbed into this theoretical second tier where they're alongside Eastern and UC Davis where they deserve to be ranked and have a shot at the playoffs in most normal years when there's a full field. This loss I expected. I think I predicted 31 17. I was expecting Idaho to lose by two touchdowns. It was two scores, but the expecting it doesn't make it any better. It's not like I'm like, oh, sweet Idaho lost. I got it right. It still sucks. And that's that's the unfortunate reality here is Idaho in the last three weeks. Yeah, they played Eastern very close by using a ball control offense where they controlled the ball for 13 minutes more than Eastern did. But they lost to Idaho State and NAU, and neither of those teams are teams that people are scared of. And here we are talking about how maybe we have hope someday, but realistically, we're just we're sitting here spinning our wheels and pissing in the wind. And that's that's Idaho football for you. To close the book, Dallas Northern Arizona had the other than Cal Poly, who I'm not really going to count. Northern Arizona had the worst rushing off rushing defense in the league, giving up 4.6 yards per rush, 164.5 yards per game. They had the, they had the second worst pass defense in the league. My Cal Poly not counting. Idaho had the worst pass defense in the league heading into this game. Northern Arizona had the second worst pass defense. So bottom tier defense on both facets and Idaho puts up nine points, man. And we're going to close the bar brought to us uh, around the bar brought to us by Hughes river expedition. If you are looking for a great all-inclusive week long vacation, don't look past your backyard venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the middle fork of the salmon, the main salmon river, no return, the salmon river canyons or the Selway. You can even check out special trips like the one to see the Perside meteor shower camp on pristine beaches. This would be a great time to butcher that one. Uh, just the frustration would be great. Run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, take in the history along the river, and fish on the most remote stretches of the river in the country. You just bring your clothes, let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal owned and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on a vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Dallas and listeners, we'll be back for our closing the book on the season this week. Should be Tuesday. But until then, enjoy the rest of your Saturday doing something other than watching Idaho score nine points. And it's time for the best band in all the land to play us out. Sound of Idaho. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. And remember, this is the last Idaho football game you have to watch for five months, so be excited. Go Vandals.